the first thing I started to feel was um, like, I felt lonely. I really did miss my friends and my family. And I just kept telling myself that I have to like be grateful for the opportunity that hockey gives us. And it's true. Like I do, I do feel like I wanted to be grateful for the opportunity that hockey gave us to travel and meet people and experience other places. And so instead of dealing with why I was unhappy or what was giving me anxiety, I basically just ran from it. And what I would do is I'd be like, oh, I need to like be grateful for the fact that we're over here and take advantage of the opportunity. So I literally traveled at least one week out of each month, the whole first season. <laughs> what gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hi guys, I'm so happy you're here for another week of Breaking the Ice. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you something that I read in the expat group this morning. Someone posted, thought I would share this here for my fellow Americans. I recently realized I didn't get an absentee ballot before I left the States this year. I found this site online. It was so helpful and easy to download the forms to request my absentee ballot. Remember, the election is in November, so give yourself plenty of time to receive your ballot in the mail. Your vote still counts even if you're not living currently in the U.S. or near your U.S. home address. And that website is overseasvotefoundation.org. I really appreciated this reminder because it's something I've been kind of putting on the back burner. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know I need to do it. I need to print it out. I need to submit something. I need to do the form, whatever. But I really don't have a lot of time to keep doing that because it does take a while, I think, for it to come in, whatever. I really don't know. So I'm going to look into that later today because it is super important to vote, even if you are not living in the U.S. right now. And this is actually the perfect segue to me to the word expat, which I talked about really, really early on when this podcast started. But it's technically someone that lives outside of their home country. And for me, that's not really my intention with this podcast. It's more to have a community where we all have these similar shared life experiences. And I'm really going to have people on from every single league all over the world. I've heard a few different girls say, well, I'm not really an expat because, you know, I'm from the United States and I play in the United States. So, I mean, I'm not technically one, but that's just, like I said, it's really just not my intention for you to be living in a different country in order for yourself to feel like you belong in this group, like you 1000% belong here. We all have a lot to learn from each other. And I'm just super excited to see where this podcast continues to take all of us. It's finally starting to cool down here in Austria. So that's been very nice to be able to get a little bit more comfortable, even though the humidity is insane. I feel like I step out of the shower and it just looked like my hair just got like blown up. Um, but while I've been here, I've been binging Selling Sunset. I don't know if you guys have been watching that. I watched all three seasons in four days. My husband was like, you are literally pounding out eight episodes a day. And I'm like, 
they're only 30 minute episodes like please <laughs> but actually I'm a little embarrassed I finished it that fast but it was really good you know if you like a good reality tv drama but now that I'm finished with it I need a new show so if there's something that you're loving send it to me I actually need a new show for Charlie and I to watch together because I like to have something we can say, okay, it's time to watch our show now at the end of the day, something that we can do together. But then I also like to have my own side show so that when he's gone or at the rink or whatever, I can just binge out all these episodes. Like I said, if you're watching something good, send me a message. Curious to see and check it out. Today, we are talking about mental health and your mental health during the hockey season and the importance of it. And kind of on my own journey of figuring out self-love and self-care, I think it looks so different for everyone. And it can change all of the time. So when you have different seasons or shifts in your life, your self-care and self-love can change. So something that you might be doing now might not work for you six months down the road. I've also learned that I don't think I'm ever really going to have self-care 1000% figured out. I think it's constantly kind of a learning process throughout your life. Like you're never going to be fully balanced, right? You might feel balanced, but then something happens and something changes and then you have to readapt. I think it looks different for introverts versus extroverts. So an example would be if you're really feeling depleted and you're kind of go, go, go. And say you have this one day in your schedule that's totally open wide. And your friends are all getting together. And you haven't seen them in a while. And you feel like you should go. But this is your one day. And you're kind of torn on what to do. Listen to your body. You might want to see your friends. But know that within yourself, like, you need that mental health day to regroup. Whether that's just staying home, binge watching some TV, having some alone time, making cookies doing a face mask, whatever makes you feel good so that you can be more present in your day-to-day. I heard something on this podcast that I was listening to the other day, and they talked about how oftentimes we don't practice self-care until we're in a hard place, right? So we're feeling good, we're feeling balanced, we're feeling super happy. So we're like, oh, well, I don't really need to do anything because I feel good right now. And we don't take the time to do it until we're actually struggling and we're like, okay, I need this time for myself. It's like you're go, 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 go until you kind of burn out. During the hockey season for me, I'm not on this constant go, go as I would be back home. Or I guess I just don't feel tied to as many things when I'm here. It's a little bit more like a slower pace of life. So I have more time to reflect on this and be like, okay, I need to go hang out with a friend because that's just what I'm feeling right now. I really need that to regroup. Or I want to go take my dogs for a walk and listen to a podcast that's inspiring to me and uplifting. Or maybe I can learn something about myself or about a situation. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. I think that we are talking about mental health more and more, which makes me so happy. But I think that we can continue to talk and share, you know, normalize it. I'm sure if you're playing on a team with other girls, like there's times where they're struggling with their mental health. Check in with them. If you're struggling with your mental health, share it with a friend because sometimes it helps to talk to an outside person. They might be able to relate. They might be able to go through the same thing, even if it feels uncomfortable to open up and share about that. 
So in the episode today, we talked a couple of little self-care tips like going to the gym, having a routine, getting outside in the sun, or just like taking your dog for a walk, going on a walk by yourself with a friend, listening to podcasts, reading books. Um, And I just wanted to share a couple of podcasts that I listen to on the regular. One of them is called With Wit. It's with Whitney Port from the Hills, and she is... She kind of created like a lifestyle podcast and she's also a mom. So it is a little bit structured around moms, which I think is really cool. So I listen to that often. I listen to Almost 30 and it's a podcast. It's a lifestyle podcast about kind of transitioning from your 20s to your 30s. That's really great. That's one that I kind of pick and choose like which episodes resonate with me. And then for fun, I listen to a couple of Bachelor podcasts. I don't know if you're a Bachelor fan like me. Once again, that reality TV just sucks me in. But I listen to Ben and Ashley's Almost Famous podcast. And then I listen to Rachel Lindsay and Becca Kufrin's podcast. Um, I forget the name of it. But anyway, those are both really funny and good. And if you like analyzing every single episode like I do, that's a fun one to check out. Excited for the new season to come up. But today on the podcast, I have Mimi Franco joining me, and we really just have a conversation about mental health, and we talk about like what life kind of looked like for her going from never living with her boyfriend at the time, they're now engaged, and then moving to another country and kind of being known as Scott's girlfriend and not really as Mimi. And so what that was like for her, we talk about some of the emotions and feelings she experienced going through this time and ways that she kind of hit a realization that she needed to make a change and she needed to do these things to help her overall mental health. So, and I also just want to preface this, like neither of us are doctors. We're just two humans having an open conversation about mental health. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you can connect with it and always know that you can reach out to either of us or really anyone in this community, I'm sure has, you know, an ear to listen when it comes to your mental health and how you're doing during the hockey season. Today, I have Mimi Franco joining me on the podcast to talk about mental health. And with everything going on right now, and after talking to so many girls, this episode really could not come at a more perfect time. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Devin. I'm super excited. Um, I'm really passionate about self-care and mental health. Not necessarily self-care as like, let's go to a spa, but more like how do we take care of ourselves um, when a lot of things in life are out of our control? So I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, definitely. And I think like self-care is such a kind of a trend right now and people don't really like dive deeper into the meaning of that. You know, it's like, oh, self-care, I'm going to take a picture of me doing this, but actually like fulfilling what that means to you to find that balance in your life is like super important. Will you tell everybody a little bit about how you and your fiance got involved with becoming advocates for mental health? Yeah, for sure. So um, growing up, I had um, mental illness affect my family um, really deeply. And I grew up just kind of seeing the impact of how, like when I was a kid, we didn't know anything about it. And basically somebody really close to me committed suicide. And growing up, I was taught not to talk about it. And no one in my family talked about it. 
like to this day, we've not talked about it. So growing up, like I learned that you're supposed to like keep these things on the hush hush and that didn't serve anyone in my family. Um, it didn't help anyone in their own healing and then it didn't help anyone with taking care of their own mental health. So um, once I got old enough to realize the impact that that had, I decided that I did wanna be a part of the movement to normalize and destigmatize mental health. And um, when I met Scott on our first date, he shared a story with me about somebody really close to him growing up who was impacted by suicide and um, mental health. And it was something that really connected us from the beginning. And um, Scott actually has a foundation that he runs um, where he raises funds and awareness for mental health awareness in kids and specifically young athletes. Um, so that's a project that we've kind of worked on over the years and um, plan to continue to do so into the future. Wow, that's so amazing. And what is that called? Just so people can look that up if they yeah. like. His foundation is called Tansky Talks. So usually what he'll do is he partners with the team he's playing with and he partners with a local mental health organization and they do fundraisers for um, like a few weeks or months out of the season. And then there, um, some years we've had like an actual mental health awareness game night where um, all the focus of the game uh, is on the organization and raising money. And he's raised something like 17,000 US dollars, which uh, for oh one person gosh. to do is like pretty amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, and he's able to do that overseas as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm, we played in Scotland and Scotland has their own mental health organization. So um, we didn't actually raise funds in Scotland. Instead, what he did was um, worked with a, an organization to talk with kids about um, their mental health um, and how to take care of their mental health from a younger age. That is so cool. And I'm so sorry for your loss. That's never easy to talk about and easy to hear about, but I completely respect that you guys took that and wanted to change kind of people's mindsets about it because I agree with you. I think a lot of people suffer from anxiety or depression or whatever that may be, and people feel like they have to hide it or cover it up, and sometimes people feel like they can't even talk to their own parents about it, and so like you said, I love that word, like desensitize. Yeah, I just really respect you guys for doing that and and really taking the time to show other people that it's okay if you're struggling. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like the big part of it is once we start talking about it, they that's when we, nor and we start normalizing it, that's when we become more comfortable and that's when we can find help and find the community. I mean, when you have any disorder, whether it's um, like, a physical disorder or it's anxiety or it's, you know, infertility or anything, you don't ever feel like you have a community. You always feel alone and finding a community makes a huge difference for your healing and even like for being able to seek help and treatment for these different things. Why do you think there's such a stigma around it? I think it's just been, I think it goes back like historically, it was, um, you were basically criminalized if you had mental illness. So um, and the whole, if, if you think about in the past, we had these insane asylums for people who had mental illness and they were literally called insane asylums. The name in and of itself and the idea in the media that like 
people with mental diseases have to wear a straight jacket. And I think that our, we've just been conditioned our whole lives to think that mental illness is bad. And in all the things that lead up to it are a huge part of it. So we, we cover up our anxiety or our depression or our trauma because we don't want people to think that we're quote unquote crazy. And really it's like taking that, um, that idea that it's not normal away and realizing that like the statistics are outrageous of how many people have anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I can't obviously speak for everyone in this lifestyle, but I know a lot of my friends have anxiety and I think there's things that are, it might not be diagnosed as anxiety, but things that are so anxiety triggering in this lifestyle. And I know that like, it's so important to be able to like talk to people and connect with people about that because if not, you feel so alone and that's just so hard to try to manage by yourself when you're feeling a certain type of way. And I think just even having like our expat community and the podcast and like being able to connect everyone together and see that our experiences are not something that we're going through solo, but just kind of like collectively helps so much. Yeah, definitely. And having like anytime you have someone that you can talk with that you're comfortable with and that you can relate to um, or shared experiences, like that makes a huge difference for your mood and the feeling of um, like that you belong and stuff like that. I mean, like, and I'm not even talking like going to a doctor and getting diagnosed with anxiety, but like people who uh, almost everyone feels anxiety on uh, in certain situations and mm -hmm. like being overseas, like the, the chances that we're going to go out in another country, find a therapist to talk to, like, I get that that's not high. And so having this community to be able to connect with people and realize like, oh, actually I'm not alone. Like you're feeling lonely too. Like what can we do about this is really impactful. Absolutely. So to talk a little bit about your first season overseas, first of all, you were in Scotland, right? Yep. Okay. And so what was your experience like going over for the first time um, with your boyfriend at the time? Yeah. So we had planned to move overseas. It was a decision that we both wanted. We were super excited for, um, but we had never lived together before moving overseas. And um, so when we got there, a lot of things were new to me, especially like having to depend on someone for everything that you do. So I couldn't just go about my day like I was used to. I mean, I lived a very independent life by myself in um, in South Carolina before I moved overseas. And now it's like in the blink of an eye, I have to tell someone where I'm going and like I have to share a car with someone. And um, that like having to rely on somebody was really new to me. And um, at, in addition, what I found so like, what, which, what was kind of uncomfortable for me was instead of like going there and being known as Mimi, who I was, you know, in Charleston, I was now Scott's girlfriend, Tansky's girlfriend. So it was like, I didn't feel like I had my own identity, even though of course I did inside, like it really made me feel like I was just Scott's girlfriend. And um, so that was something new for me as well. Um, and then, of course, I I moved from Charleston to Scotland. So the first thing that impacted me was the weather. Like, I really missed the yeah. sun. I missed the beach. And I missed my friends. Um, and the thing, too, that a lot of people, like, don't realize is when you go through a weather change and also travel, 
you get sick. Like most people, when they arrive in the country, they get, they are sick for like a week or two. So that first week or two you're there, you don't have energy. You want to go out and explore, but you don't feel well. And that just puts another layer of like, I guess, unhappiness on it. where like, you're not able to go out and feel happy because you're literally sick and you don't want to go out with like the flu or a cold or whatever it is. Sinus yeah. infection. When we come over here, and I guess it's probably just a different mindset because when you come over, you know you're going to be here for an extended time, right? But I always, when I see my friends traveling to Europe, I'm like, dang, how are you guys just getting up and just hitting all these countries <laughs> and moving around so quick? It takes me like two weeks to really get, like you said, acclimated just with the weather or just adjusting and kind of transitioning to a new space and that makes sense too that the weather would have like a huge impact on just your mood in general it was pretty beautiful when we got there and then i would say like first week in october the temperature starts to drop and in november the sun starts to go down really early mm -hmm. so you don't have as much time to like explore and go outside and stuff like that so that i mean um, i know there's a lot of hockey teams in norway and sweden and in a lot of these northern countries russia where we all kind of go through that where the weather is just like su put such a damper on your ability to do anything. Yeah. And do you feel like you experience culture shock? So it's a little bit different from, for us because we were in Scotland, which was an English speaking country. And so I feel like Scotland's not the most different country from like, of course it's extremely unique and mm -hmm. um, interesting and awesome country, but it, I think it's different than like, I, you know, like one of my good friends, they played in Russia. Like that's for sure, complete different culture. For us, we didn't really experience culture shock um, because it just, I think something about it being an English speaking country just makes it a little easier. Did you find that you were shoving your feelings under the rug at all of like when you first got there and trying to act like everything was okay or did you really embrace how you were feeling and just kind of soak it in? Well, so yeah, I mean, I, the first thing I started to feel was um, like, I felt lonely. I really did miss my friends and my family. And I just kept telling myself that I have to like be grateful for the opportunity that hockey gives us. And it's true. Like I do, I do feel like I wanted to be grateful for the opportunity that hockey gave us to travel and meet people and, experience other places. And so instead of dealing with why I was unhappy or what was giving me anxiety, I basically just ran from it. And what I would do is I'd be like, oh, I need to like be grateful for the fact that we're over here and take advantage of the opportunity. So I literally traveled at least one week out of each month, the whole first season. <laughs> so I was on this roller coaster where my, and, um, uh, my brother was studying abroad in Italy at the time where my family's from. So I kind of would just like go there and hang out with him and go there and, you know, visit my family. And um, so I was basically on this roller coaster where when I was traveling, I was so happy and busy. And then when I came back to Scotland, I would get so bored and like tired of working from home. And it like, it was like my mood was really high and then it was really low. And um, there was just no like normalcy and um, like it was really fun getting together with the girls and um, I mean you I'm sure you know like when you have like a really 
good group of girls and everyone lives close together, like that does make a big difference. So luckily we did have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I could say like my mood the entire time I was in Scotland was probably like a six out of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it was also like a lot related to my career. Like, did I make the right choice taking a break from my career and stuff like that? So, um, just a lot of things like swirling around in my emotions that I wasn't dealing with. Do you feel like you were able to talk to the other girls there at the time or did you not really want to, I guess, burden them with, with how you were feeling? Yeah, well, so I was one of, I think, four girls who didn't have kids. And I was like, these girls are moms. They're going through way more than me. They are, you know, um, they just have more on their plate. Like, I'm not going to talk with anyone or complain with anyone. And to be honest, like, wasn't really talking about it internally. Like, I wasn't acknowledging that I was feeling that way. So I wasn't really talking about it with anyone until I would like call my best friend and be like, I miss you so much. Like I miss the sun and blah, blah, blah. So I definitely was not, we, I think, I think I've learned since then that many of the girls who were in a similar situation to me on our team were feeling different sort of things and none of us were talking about it. I think back to times where I felt unhappy or even just like the you know, like a week ago or whenever it was. And sometimes you don't really know like wh why exactly you're feeling a certain way, but you can't always like put your finger on it. Sometimes you really just have to sit and like, just let it marinate because your feelings are so valid. And just because like, you know, you said, oh, they were moms and they had so much more going on. It's like, your feelings are just as valid as like a mom or someone that's going through something that's harder yeah and like the other thing is too that when we feel these things like they're not coming from like from nowhere you know there's a source for everything and I think like one thing I learned when I was younger and I did go to therapy um I learned that all of my and it, it might be different for everyone but for me all of my anxiety was directly related to an experience or trauma that I had had so seeing a therapist really helped me to figure out what the root cause of that was, and then I was able to heal. But I feel like when we just don't, when we act like our anxiety is not there, we, we can never get to the root cause of what it is. And sometimes it does take talking to someone else, even if it's, whether it's like a therapist or even if it's not a therapist, even if it's a friend that we trust or someone we meet or whatever, or our significant other, talking with someone about it helps you, you know, when you're talking have you ever had one of those conversations where you're like talking and you're like, yeah, I guess. And you kind of come to the like realizations while you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I definitely feel like that's a big part of it is, um, normalizing talking about our emotions overseas and like with the other girls on the team um, and with our partners too. Yeah. And are you, are you comfortable sharing like what that root cause is for you? So, um, I think today it's just like my anxiety overseas in, in terms of like the hockey life was really related to the fact that like, I've been, I mean, I'm 31 years old. So I spent from when I graduated college until I was 28, I spent that whole entire time super independent and super social. And that was really like, I gave that up when I moved overseas. And so to me, it was like that loss of independence really gave me anxiety. It was almost like I didn't have control over anything. Mm -hmm. um, 
I didn't have control over my schedule. I didn't, and like this happened to me and it might have happened for other people too, but I ate very, very much so like repetitively the same things over and over again at home. And when we moved to Scotland, I had to like figure out what foods I liked that they had. And that also brought me like some anxiety, like going to the grocery store would take me an hour or more because I didn't know what products I liked. And so it was just like a lot of, um, just like not having control of the situation. And so that's like what I need to work on as a person is like relinquishing control and just being a go with the flow type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as a kid, I knew that my, like, for example, one, and like, I'll share this cause I, there might be other people who feel the same. Yeah, um, absolutely. when I was in my early twenties, I was involved in a car accident. And now since then, because I didn't deal with my, I didn't deal with the trauma when it happened about like five years later, I developed really distinct anxiety driving or not driving, not, not when I'm the driver, but as a passenger. And that was, it all goes back to control. So it's like when I don't have control of myself, like in a car, my anxiety gets really, really strong. And I know that it's related to that accident, but again, I didn't deal with it at the time. So now it keeps coming up again. So yeah, I don't know if like other people go through something similar, but there's usually something that you can connect it to. um, Yeah. That is the cause of it. Um, With the car accident thing, like that's actually happened to me. And just as you were saying that, I'm like, wow, I wonder if that's the reason I have such bad anxiety when Charlie's driving, because I remember I was in a car accident with my dad when I was younger and we were both fine, but I think it just scared me so much that, you know, I could have lost him or I could have. And it was like that, like you said, that sense of control, like I couldn't control if something happened to one of us. And so I'm always so anxious in the car. I mean, I don't know if it's related to that, but with you saying that, it very well could be. Yeah. And I've met a lot of people um, through like throughout my, you know, twenties who have similar stories where like they were in a car accident or, and it's kind of the same with like family trauma. Um, People who grow up with um, mental health, a lot of people who grew up with mental health issues have family trauma that happened like 10, 20 years ago. And those experiences are like, stuck in our subconscious brain we don't see them on a daily basis but they're definitely impacting our moods and our anxiety levels and our um our stress i'd love to talk a little bit about just like what you said about how you were you know kind of constantly keeping busy with traveling and whatnot you know i have some friends that are like super go 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 and i i feel like there's a little bit more to why they're doing that yeah i mean it's hard to like it's hard to understand why other people do what they do. But for me, it was like, I knew that in a new country or in an, or just like in a new environment, whether or not I'd been there before, there were so many um, things to take in, new foods to taste, sites to see, things to plan that like, it was a matter of like, my days were so full that I didn't have time to think or worry. And then it was also a matter of like, having the constant stimulation that my brain never Mm -hmm. was in that idle mode where I could feel and think. Mm -hmm. So that very well may be the case for other people too, or like they just don't want their brain to enter that like idle mode. We call it boredom, but really it's like, that's where these things start to come up. It's so true. Yeah. Just like people that, you know, might be dealing with like grief or pain and you know, they just have to, they feel like they have to keep pushing through instead of really just like sitting with it. So when you 
you re-signed in Scotland for the following year. And is that kind of when you started to figure out that you needed to find some ways to make yourself feel better and kind of, you know, work through the feelings that you were feeling? Yeah. So we re-signed before we left the first year and, um, it was definitely like, I was hesitant and I had gone back and forth. Like if you ask Scott all the time, like it's been since day one, it's been like, let's play another year. No, not playing another year. Let's play another year. No, not playing another year. So it was like at, in the end, like that was what was best for us. And the way I felt about it was Scott had maybe one, maybe two more years left on his career. And I was willing to sacrifice like another year so that he could really like live out his goal. His, he, the day we met, he told me his biggest goal was to play 500 professional games. And that was kind of like what I was committed to for him. Like I was committed to doing what I could to make sure he could play that those 500 games. So yeah, we re-signed in Glasgow. And at that point I knew that I had to get used to Scotland and learn to love it and create a lifestyle there. So, um, the first thing I did was apply to get a working visa, um, which I know that that's not an option for a lot of people, especially in countries where English isn't the first language. Um, but I think there are definitely different opportunities for work that um, are options as well. And it doesn't necessarily have to be working in person, but I knew for me, I needed to get an in-person job because I'm not like a sit at home digital person. Like I do have my digital business, but I am like, Anybody who knows you, me will tell you I'm so, so social and so like, I'm never home. I'm always talking to people. I'm always meeting new people. So I knew that that was the one thing that was going to be like the plug in my light socket. Um, so I, I committed to getting a visa, trying to get a job in person. And then I knew that when we went back, I had to enter the situation with a completely different mindset and lifestyle and just totally like transform my experience and it really did like honestly going into the the second season with this new mindset and a work visa and like knowing what I needed really like transformed my experience to the point that I was so sad in March when we had to leave um I really like January February March were my favorite months and I realized that I really loved Scotland at that point and given the opportunity, like I would have been willing to play another year there. Um, once I had made those lifestyle changes that made me like, but with, you know, injuries and COVID, we're not going, we're not going back to Scotland, but, um, I, I was willing to go back again after making that. He decided to retire about, um, three weeks or a month ago. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, that's pretty new. Um, yeah, I'm so happy that your experience was able to turn around like that. I think like that takes a really strong person to be able to identify that and make that mindset switch. What were your feelings from really not realizing at all to realizing you needed to make a change? Like what was that, that bridge that connected the two? I think the whole time I knew what I was missing, but I just didn't have like the ability to go after it. Like, for example, I knew that I needed an in-person job but I didn't have a visa. So I couldn't get an in-person job. Like something, that's something that was like totally out of my control. Um, and, and then the other thing was like having more of a, a sense of like a connected community. So going into the second season, it was interesting because I think seven of us 
at least, at least seven of us re-signed for the next year. And I mean seven girls. So like almost, I mean, I would, most of the team re-signed and there were at least seven girls that now entering the next season, I already knew and had a relationship with. So it was easier for me to confide in, in like the girl gang kind of thing, the, the second year, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. And it's such a comforting feeling when you know, like you're actually coming back to other people, you know, that are there a few years ago when we went to Sweden, I knew no one going into it. And it, that's like such a intimidating, like, it's not even intimidating. Like that's not even the right word. It's just like, I don't have friends <laughs> and I'm yeah. going from like living in the U S where I'm around my friends and I'm around my family and I have access to talk to them all the time. But like, then, then you add going in overseas with the time difference and then you can't talk to people till like, I mean, you're on the East coast, so it's a, not as terrible. I mean, it's like, yeah, but my best friend lives in Seattle. So I totally okay. get what you're okay. saying. Like, yeah. It was almost impossible to talk to her. Yeah. And then it's like, you think, Oh, I'm going to text them. But then it's like, really like the middle of the night or whatever it's like it's so hard to coordinate but yeah when you come back to a group of people like that's how it is for us this year it's just it's honestly a huge relief and a sense of comfort so when you did get your work visa where did you wind up going and getting a job so I have been working for Lululemon as you know because I know you work there too um yes for a lot of years at that point um and in the states in Charleston, I was actually managing a store and I tried to transfer to the UK my second year. So luckily we were in Glasgow. There's a store in Glasgow and the company just wouldn't, they weren't in a place where they were supporting visas at the store level, like corporate wise, they were doing visas, but I couldn't, they wouldn't pay for me to get a visa to work in the Glasgow store for nine months. The second year we went back because we had already lived together for a year. And like, we had like three years worth of documents and uh, phone records and stuff, I was able to get a visa. So the first thing I did was connect with the store manager there and try to get a job there. And to be honest, it did not, in the beginning, they were not very receptive to me. Um, Even though I had this, like a ton of experience and um, I feel like they were intimidated that I was North American and it's a North American company. And they very much um, kind of pushed me under the rug at first. And I was really, uh, what's the word? Persistent. Like I, (laughs) I asked for more emails of people I could contact and eventually I got a job there. And, um, I will say like, that is a big part of, um, what helped me to make friends. And, um, also like, I think my background at Lululemon really helped me to recognize what I needed in this like transition to like being happy there because, as you know, Lululemon has such a big focus on community and personal development. Mm -hmm. And so I learned over the years that if something's bothering me, I need to do some personal development, read a book about it, or um, listen to a podcast about it. I knew that also, if I wasn't feeling a hundred percent, I would have a community there that I could rely on to support me. Um, So I started working at the store in Glasgow there. And um, I worked there until the day we moved, the day we were evacuated. (laughs) So were you a store manager in the U.S.? Yeah, I was an assistant store manager in Charleston. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah, I loved working. That's actually where Scott and I met. 
Really? Yeah. Lo- we, like in the store? <laughs> in the store, yeah. Um, we would do events with, uh, so the president of the Stingrays, our local hockey team, is a friend of mine. And every year we would do, uh, um, I mean, you know, a trunk show. So it's basically, we'd pack up some product, take it to the rink, do a little bit of personal development with them, like some kind of team building activity, and then do a little shop. And uh, they came to the store once for one, and I led them through a vision and, or um, not vision and goals. It was um, a core values workshop where we talked through and identified our core values. And at the end of it, uh, Scott came up to me and asked me some questions. And then at the end of that, he asked if I would give him my number. And I said, no. Oh, making moves. (laughs) I was like, I'm not allowed to talk to hockey players. So if you want to talk to me, you can FaceTime or Facebook message me. (laughs) FaceTime me later. I'll know if you are serious about like wanting to talk to me. And um, the president of the organization had said to me, like, you are not allowed to date any of you guys on the team. And um, and so who is he to say that? (laughs) Just like, I think it was more like, this is business. Like we're keeping this business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, and he, so Scott and I, like the first, we started, we met up like a few weeks later and, um, started talking and, and we just like found out that we had really so much in common, but, um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Like, and even now full circle, like four years later, I'm actually working in the Charleston store right now, my, that original store that I was working in when I met him and he's moving here to Charleston and we're going to like start our life here. So it's just such a funny, like full circle kind of, um, relationship between like me, Scott, <laughs> Lululemon. No way. So are you, uh, ASM or are you, uh, educator? I'm a key leader at the okay. Charleston store now. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't know you were back there. Oh, I miss it. And I miss the discount. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll tell seriously. you what it is because we're not allowed to. I feel like I'm like once a lemon, <laughs> always a lemon. My lips are sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Just I kidding. know, but at least you get the sweat collective discount. Sure, yoga teacher. True, but it is very hard to buy the yeah. clothes now, knowing what I did get. <laughs> yeah, uh, and with the exchange rate too, I'm sure it's harder. Yeah, but I love that they do that with the hockey players. Did they do that in um, Scotland at all? We tried to set some things up. Um, Their schedule there was just very packed. Um, They had a lot of games and events in Scotland. So we did a few things with them, but um, we didn't do very much like personal development stuff with them. And if you're listening and you're considering or thought about applying for Lulu, it really is a great job to have during hockey, even if it's just seasonally from, you know, November to January or whatever. But they do a lot of like team workouts and team sweats and group meetings that are really bond you with the other people that are working there. So I think if you're moving to a new city that has a Lulu, it's a really great opportunity to meet other kind of like-minded people, especially if you want to branch out a little bit from, you know, the hockey community. Yeah, definitely. And I also, what it's awesome about Lululemon in the States is that, and I mean, the, in the U.S. and Canada, is that they're really supportive of transfer you transferring stores. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, a lot of stores will hire, if you were to say, like, hi, my, you know, husband, my boyfriend plays hockey here, can I work here for a few months? A lot of times they will hire you in November to cover their, like, holiday season through, like, January or February. And then um, even, like, I've worked with so many people who have transferred stores. So if you worked, you know, 
in, say you worked in, I don't know, Rapid City for the hockey season. And then, you know, May comes around and playoffs end and you go back to, you go back home to wherever you're from. Maybe it's like Virginia. They will transfer you to the Virginia store. So it's more like seamless. You don't have to kind of leave and come back. And um, I, I think they're really supportive of this lifestyle that we live. Yeah, they they really are. And I even when I went home to San Diego for Christmas one time when I was working primarily at the Boise store, they just transferred me for like two weeks to the store, which was so cool because I got to work holiday there and then do their shop night and everything. So um, yeah, they're really, really flexible. And I love that about that company. And like I said, it's like, who doesn't want to work at Lululemon, honestly, because it's just, it's so great. The people are, they're very selective with who they hire too. Um, just meaning like they really, it's, it's not like a generic interview. They really want to have people on board that have personable personalities. And, and so I've seen a lot of hockey girls working there probably because we're all so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And honestly, the stores, like the stores really want to build relationships with the hockey team. So when they like hear that your, you know, boyfriend plays or your fiance or your husband plays on the team, they'll, they're like, Oh, really? Oh, maybe that will help us to, you know, get to know the team and um, do like events with them and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't use me to get to them. I'll add to if anyone's listening and you are thinking of applying for Lululemon or in the future, you know, if, if, when the season starts in December, you decide to um, apply, definitely message myself or message Devin and um, we can for sure help you kind of um, plan your interview questions and kind of talk you through some of the things that they look for um, in an employee as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on to some of the tips that you have to offer members of our community, just what you did to help you with your self-care. I would love to hear about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So um, one thing that I am really passionate about and Scott and I make this a part of our daily routine is getting out in the sun first thing in the morning. I think that's like my number. My first tip is like, it's so easy to just lay in bed and we don't help. We don't physically, we don't help our bodies to become acclimated when we are just laying in bed or moseying around, you know, like going from the bed to the couch. So um, going outside first thing in the morning for 20 minutes, even if it's like just going, taking your dog for a walk, getting the vitamin D, like physically, the physical benefits of vitamin D on your skin first thing in the morning. There's um, some research that, um, I mean, don't like quote me on this, but there's research that the vitamin D getting into like your senses in the morning helps your um, energy levels. Like scientifically, your energy levels are higher because of your body picking up the vitamin D. Um, So even when it's cloudy, like a lot of people, you know, when it's cloudy, like, oh, there's no sun out. I'm not going to go for a walk. There's still vitamin D in the air. Like the UVB rays still come through the clouds and you still get those benefits even when it's cloudy. So um, getting outside 20 to 30 minutes in the morning, even, you know, even if it's 15 minutes to go for a walk. Like I, I personally, like my favorite is to take my dog for a 45 minute walk um, in the morning. And I think that after that, I always feel energized. Um, I feel great when, even when it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. My second um, tip, and I kind of tie this into the first one for myself, is doing 20 to 30 minutes of personal development content a day. So 
whether you do it at night or in the morning. Um, I personally like to do it in the morning because it gets my brain working. I listen to a podcast while I'm walking the dog. Um, but just stretching your brain into think like new thoughts and um, being able to learn. I think that's just like what it is about yourself um, for 20 to 30 minutes a day really will help you because we get in these funks. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I spend many days and nights um, watching the Real Housewives of New Jersey over the season. <laughs> and like, that wasn't making me a better person. And I mean, that show in particular kind of just gives me more anxiety. But when we just watched like reality no, Sorry, I'm not trying and, to laugh. Like, it's just that show. Is no, <laughs> I know. It's just like such a, it's like the trashest of the trash TV. Um, <laughs> it doesn't like help us grow as a person when we're just watching reality TV all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so even if it's like, whether it's a book, reading a book or listening to a podcast in the morning um, or even before bed, I think that that is something really impactful that um, makes a big difference in the long run. I mean, if you listen to a book for 30 minutes a day, in two weeks, you could finish a book and just 30 minutes a day. Just think of how much you could learn if you finished like even just one book a month. So are there any books that you would suggest that you really resonated with you? Um, yeah, actually. So I would say if you're a mom, definitely read the Rachel Hollis books. Um, say if you're a mom, she talks so much about like just balancing your day, getting into a little bit of self-care when like your world revolves around keeping small humans alive. Um, just the importance and like how to fit in self-care. And especially like if you also have a business, like I know a lot of women um, in this community have businesses. Rachel Hollis has a lot of great tips for, for that. Um, if you don't have kids, honestly, I'm not a huge book reader. I freaking love Chelsea Handler's books just for like, for funny reading. Um, I love those. I feel like they always put me in a good mood. My favorite one is, are you there vodka? It's me, Chelsea. <laughs> And then she also has My Horizontal Life, which is so funny. It's like about her sexcapades. Um, <laughs> I love her. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's so good. I mean, like, it's definitely not like a development book, but it will at least like make you laugh. And then um, podcasts. So my, I guess it depends on like what topics you're interested in and passionate about. Um, I, my, I'm really passionate about health. So my all-time favorite podcast is The Genius Life. Um, with Max Lugavere, but some other good ones, if you like entrepreneurship, um, entrepreneurship or health or lifestyle, my other favorite one is the Skinny Confidential. Um, mm -hmm. She talks about entrepreneurship, beauty, health, motherhood. She just recently became a mom. So her first like 200 episodes are not about motherhood. And then like the more recent ones are. Um, and then another good one is um, Breaking the Ice podcast. Just kidding. Oh, obviously, Breaking the Ice podcast. Well, for sure, I think you should re listen to all the Breaking the Ice podcasts first because <laughs> you'll learn more about your own lifestyle. Um, and you also like will feel connected to more people. Like I do feel like this podcast, when you listen to it, you realize that like you're not alone, and um, that that will help for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say just Google like whatever you're interested in, like podcasts for, you know, moms with a newborn or whatever, or mm -hmm. if you want to like really get more into your business, like podcasts for social media creators, like the Jenna, Jenna Kutcher podcast is great for that. 
I've heard of some of those. Um, and also the great thing about podcasts is you can literally go to the a podcast library and find what you're interested in and just download that specific episode. If you don't want, you know, all of the episodes or you don't relate to all of them, just add what you want to listen to. And I think that's really awesome because, you know, you can go down and filter out what you want to hear. You also talked about having a side hustle or a hobby. So I know that you started your own business and I know yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I think it is important that like, we don't just focus on like our husband's jobs and like, we also do things that bring us joy and that make us feel like we're bringing something to the table, regardless of whether it's like money or not, like what having a craft or, um, a side hustle, I think is something that makes you feel um, really fulfilled. Like there was a girl on our team um, the first year in Scotland and she loved to do um, pottery. So she actually joined a ceramics, um, like a ceramics group in the, in the city and she would go and make ceramics. And I thought that was so cool. Like she was able to find her hobby there and uh, make it a part of her life. And that brought her a lot of joy. And like for me, I, um, when I moved overseas and I wanted to financially bring something to the table, I started my virtual assistant business and holy crap, if that does not kept me busy, <laughs> like I, the, like I never am bored. Like I, I always have a list of things that I could be doing for others or to help my business. Um, so I definitely think whether it's like starting a small business, starting an Etsy shop, whether, um, you can start do some painting or drawing or, um, I don't know, like what are some hobbies that you've seen other girls on the teams have? Um, I think like working out, having consistent routines like that, um, reading, like you said, podcasts. Yeah, I listen to a podcast almost every single morning and I like to start my mornings off like that because it's just something different than watching a TV show or listening to music. It really allows you to think and kind of do some self-reflection. Um, yeah, I know some girls that work from home. Let's see. What else do people do? Getting together with the group of girls that um, are on the team with you once a week to get lunch or to go get a coffee and just break up the week a little bit because sometimes I think we get so focused on like the same thing, you know? You kind of just feel like you're in this like repetitive, like, okay, I go to sleep, I wake up, I have my coffee, I make my breakfast, I do this or that. But then kind of breaking that up so you don't feel as bored or just like, what the heck am I doing? You know? Yeah, definitely. That was another tip I have too, is, um, scheduling something for yourself every week that like you're committed to. So whether it's like making a plan and with the girls in the group that on Wednesdays at 10 AM, you're going to go for a walk. And like, so we did that a lot the last two seasons. Cause in Glasgow, if you're ever considering playing in Glasgow, anyone who's listening, the community where you live is amazing. And there's a really awesome, like kind of walking trail along the river and a park and it goes right to the mall and the rink. And, um, so like we made it, uh, uh not daily, but I, we probably go like once or twice a week where we, a lot of the girls would get together and go for a walk. So that's nice. Cause that definitely breaks it up. And I don't, I mean, I don't have kids, but like, I feel like anytime I'm with the girls that have kids, like you can't, you can't hang out with someone else's kids and not be happy. Like all kids want to do is like eat and play and ask like silly questions. <laughs> so, um, that always made me feel good. Like making a plan to go walking with the other, um, with the other, um, wives and girlfriends that are there. 
And then of course, I think a really big one is committing to some sort of work, workout routine. So whether you commit to walking 30 minutes a day, every single day, or, you know, five days a week or whatever, ever joining video workouts. Like, um, I know like Dana and some of the other women do have like workout kind of like groups where like they, um, she provides the workouts and they're kind of in like a group together. I think that's awesome. You have like a community, you have motivation and accountability to work out. Or even if it's just joining a gym or using the gym that the team provides, um, just that like, you know, when you're working out, you're so focused on your form and breathing and not passing out that you don't have time to like worry about Mm -hmm. anything. It's like, it's that 30 minutes of like endorphins and pushing hard. And then you don't ever, I mean, maybe this, this might be just me. So I'll preface (laughs) that. But when I have a regular workout routine, I don't feel guilty about all the cheese I eat watching the hockey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like at movie wine. night or whatever so yeah all the wine exactly um yeah. so that's the one that like we all know like committing to the workout routine will help with our mental health and our sanity and our self-care it's just something that like we have to make the commitment and and like have accountability for yeah and I think also like when the guys are gone make plans with your friends don't sit at home yeah. go get together make a plan Cause that just after a while, that just gets so, you know, like take a break from watching the away game, go have a few glasses of wine, (laughs) go out to dinner, do something to just, just connect with other people, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's like, what's nice about in a place where you're kind of like in a city, it's like when the guys were on the road or something, we could, like girls who didn't have um, kids, we could like go out in the city, go out to dinner and stuff like that. And that was always really fun. And you kind of learn, like you get a different sense of personality from the, from each other. Like for me, like I might be, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a good example. Cause I'm like very face forward. Like I am who I am, but some girls are like more reserved in big groups. And then when you go out just three or four of you and you have a couple of drinks, like you get to know someone a little bit better and you see like their personalities start to come out and stuff. And I think that's important. Yeah. Because like when your family's not around and then you're just like with your spouse all the time, like that's just not healthy. Even if you were at home, you know what I mean? Like you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to have other people that you can talk to. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing that's an adjustment that we don't really talk about as much is the amount of space we have at home versus on like when we're on the, um, overseas, like a lot of people come from, they have a house in, in North America where they have more space but then you move into this like small apartment where like everyone's kind of on top of each other. Like you don't have your own office or you don't have like, you can't really like be in two different rooms. There's just not as much space. So you, you really do need a little bit of time like to yourself without your spouse. Yeah. Which is nice when they go to practice, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, The other thing that I really suggest, and I know that this isn't as easy for people in countries where the English isn't the primary language, but most people I feel like in Europe speak some English now. I think it's important if you can make friends outside of the hockey circle, it is nice to be able to learn from them, learn about their culture. It takes your mind off of hockey. Like it is nice to talk about something other than hockey sometimes. And um, like during the season, that's not like, it's not easy to find that. And so if you, you know, take your kids to a park every Tuesday and there's another, you know, woman there with her kids, like talk her up and get to know her and 
you know, it was easier when, when you have a job, it's easier because you're out of the house and you're meeting people. But if there's anywhere you can go or um, to meet someone else, even if it's like the barista at the coffee shop, just like get to know her, learn a little bit about her life. And I think um, it will feel more like this is your home and not like you're a visitor. Cause that's really the goal, right? Is like to feel like you're just going to your second home, not to feel like you're like going on a vacation. Mm-hmm. Do you think that self-care looks different for introverts versus extroverts? Absolutely. And honestly, like a lot of, like some of my tips might be like extrovert tips because I am like the, like far, far extrovert. Um, but I think for introverts, like finding what, I don't know, are you an introvert or an extrovert? You know, I'm actually like cut right down the middle because I recharge by being around people, but then I also need to come back and be by myself. Like I can't, do either more than the other, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm like a total, I've, I'm a hundred percent extrovert. So I like some of these things like, you know, joining a gym or, you know, making friends, stuff like that might be more extroverted things. And like, if you are an introvert and you're not, and you're looking for ways to improve your mood, maybe try, like try to go outside your bubble and meet people. Or if you're an extrovert, and you're trying to improve your mood, maybe try to do some solo things and do some like introverted things. It's okay to put yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes because like, like you said, like kind of striking up a conversation with someone, like I might not necessarily do that. Like if I'm back home and be like, so like, where are you from? You know what I mean? But sometimes if you're in a completely new place and you need friends, you have to try a little bit harder, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And I think a lot of the time, like when you're speaking English and you're in a different country, people will be, will start the conversation with you and be like, oh, where are you from? And then that's a good segue to, you know, oh yeah, are you from here? You know, da, 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 da. What are some things you like to do? And just start to open a conversation. If it doesn't go anywhere, then fine. But yeah, for sure. At least just having that interaction like when I, when I'm able to have some communication with people, like in my day to day, that's outside of hockey. Like it just feels like you're a little bit at home as opposed to just, you know, minding your own business and just going through the motions. Yeah, for sure. And like one thing I remember this past season and the beginning of the season. Um, so with Scott, we are with Scott, (laughs) with Waffle, (laughs) my dog, we would take him to this (laughs) That's by the way, I, I love that, that your happens. dog's name is Waffles. Like that is <laughs> <laughs> he is your next one is. will have to be like syrup or something. <laughs> Butter. So it's funny you say that, that Scott wants to name our next one Maple. But oh, I was like, we can so only name him Maple if he comes from Canada. Like <laughs> that reminds me of like a little old lady, like Maple. <laughs> yeah. I want to name our next dog um Chicky. Oh, that's like cute. Chicken and waffles, but I don't know. He doesn't. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, one time we took waffles to the park. Well, we would take him every day and we, um, there were some people and their dogs were playing and that was like a really big conversation starter, like mm. bringing the dog anywhere and you meet other dog parents and it's like, you're kind of forced to talk to each other. You're just standing, your dogs are playing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was like a really good way to kind of meet other people outside of um, outside of the, just like the hockey circle 
and then you have that common interest of like you both have dogs and they can tell you about other places to take the dog and that's like a good conversation starter of like hey we just moved here like where are some other good places to take dogs (laughs) yeah it's so true I met one of my friends even in the U.S. just from being at the dog park because our dogs look identical so then we started talking and then her and her husband came to our wedding and we go on hikes together all the time and it's just it's funny how things work because I think you truly meet the people that you're supposed to meet yeah, totally. That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder, like, <laughs> Waffles should go play with all of them since they all look alike. I know. Oh my gosh. Dudes so are funny. the best. So I know that he's retiring this year, but with isolation and loneliness and not having your family around, do you feel like that affected you even on that second year when you had a different mindset? And what are some ways that you were able to just kind of navigate through that? The second year, it was a lot different in terms of like, like I didn't travel. I hardly traveled at all. Like we went on one three day trip together in the fall. And then I didn't see my family from when I left until February, but I kind of like, so I, in a way I had to commit to like diving in headfirst to this like second year. Like I knew that if I went home often or I went to go visit my family in Italy often that I, it was going to be the same as last year. So, um, the second year I, I went into it knowing like, I'm not going to see my family until January. And that's great. Like I'm going to have the opportunity to spend Christmas with Scott. We're going to build this like new tradition. And, um, because my family is very like traditional Italian. So I had never been, I had never been willing to not be with them on Christmas before. Um, so when we, when Scott played in the States, it was easy. We would just drive to my family's house, but the first year in Glasgow, I left for three weeks for Christmas. And, um, and so this year I kind of like looked forward to, I made sure I had things to look forward to. Like instead of missing my family during the holidays, I looked forward to making traditions and memories with Scott and waffles during the holidays. And, um, and then like also just jam packing when I was seeing my family with things that we could do, um, when I was visiting them. Did and did that answer the question? Yeah, no, for sure. That that was super helpful. Did you FaceTime them a lot? Yeah, I I FaceTimed uh, my family like all the time and my brothers too. And like even my friend in Seattle, we would like set up like times where we were both available. It's usually like 6 a.m. her time and like <laughs> 6 p.m. my time. But yeah, it's like, it's what you have to do. And sometimes you have to schedule it in and it sounds like very OCD, but otherwise it just doesn't get done. Um, Mm -hmm. and then like my family, so I have, um, four brothers and we have a group chat. So it kind of always feels like we're always talking, even though we might like, if we, if we don't FaceTime for, you know, a week or two or something, at least like we're all chatting in the group. Like we know we're not losing touch. And I love that. Like with friends too, like having even just like an Instagram group where you're sending memes back and forth, like it still feels like you're talking to your like friends back home and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think definitely keeping in touch via FaceTime, like using the technology that we have. um, I know in the the beginning of quarantine, what I loved was um, that app House Party came out and (laughs) I had so much fun like playing heads up with my friends on House Party during quarantine. And I think doing stuff like that um, is really cool. Like our our friends who, the uh, husband is from Saskatchewan and she's from Minnesota. 
they, and they both have siblings, um, they would do like family trivia nights and stuff like that over Zoom. And I feel like now like we're kind of, we've learned a lot of like social, um, like socially distant things to do or physically distant things, Mm -hmm. like ways to socialize. Um, And we can now utilize those when we're overseas. Oh yeah. The technology is amazing. Like I, it's, it's unbelievable what you can do these days. I think, you know, it's just this year is, it's so weird with COVID because I think a lot of people have anxiety with being over for so long and like not knowing if they can go back and forth or not knowing if their family can come out. And I think that's another thing is like, you're not alone. We all feel that way. We are all worried about that. We all want to see our family, you know? And so I think those tips are good. And just trying to focus on creating new memories with your boyfriend or your husband and really focusing on that and just trying to have little things to look forward to even once a month. Like whether that's doing a little day trip or, or getting away for like a break. For sure. I'm a big fan of having something to look forward to. Like I love to have something planned out and be like excited for. And then when you research it, you're excited and um, afterward, you look at the pictures, you're excited. It's almost like it makes the trip last more than just those couple days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what would you suggest to new hockey girls going overseas for the first time or going to a new place where they don't know anybody yet? Do you have any tips for them in general as a mindset overall? Yeah, I think, um, well, for sure, utilize the Facebook group to meet the other girls that are going over there, like going into a new team with like, already have chatted with some people on Instagram kind of takes away that like initial awkwardness. And when they arrive, you can say like, Hey, Catherine, I'm Mimi, we chatted on Instagram or whatever (laughs) on Facebook. And so definitely utilize the Facebook group. And like my biggest suggestion is get out of your comfort zone, like get out of your own way. And do something that scares you like okay cliche lululemon term but um like do something that you wouldn't normally do because you're going to get a benefit from it that you wouldn't normally get Mm -hmm. um whether that's you know going somewhere and introducing yourself to a stranger there or whether it's inviting all the girls over your house or um going you know even like learning the language of where you're from a little bit and then going out in public and like trying it out I think that's another cool thing too. Like we, we don't really get to experience that in Scotland, but well, I could try to speak Scottish, but I would just get <laughs> All right, let's do it right now. <laughs> oh my God, no. That's what the you Scottish got. Scottish <laughs> language. So it's so funny. Like it's English, but it's like not. They have so much <laughs> slang. And the funny thing is like Glasgow is technically like almost on the border of like, like it's only like 45 minutes from the Highlands. So a lot of people have this like really strong Gaelic accent. Oh yeah. And um, when they get drunk, especially men, oh, when men are drinking, yeah. it's like impossible to understand what they're saying. Oh yeah. No, I know. It's, it's funny because it is English, but it's also, <laughs> like you said, sometimes you have no idea what they're saying. You just nod and smile. <laughs> yeah. Terms that like, I would never think like, I, that I would never even know what it meant. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's on my bucket list. I got to go over and explore that area. I've heard it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. When it's sunny, the country's so freaking green from all the rain that when it's sunny, the sun like reflects off the hills and it's just so beautiful. When's the best time to go? 
in the summer for sure. Like I would say probably um, May, June, July, August, even September could be pretty nice. Um, it starts to get dark early, like I said, in October. So um, yeah. And the weird thing about Scotland is it doesn't snow there. Oh, it doesn't snow like in the in Glasgow or like Edinburgh. Like I think the whole time we were there, it snowed once for two, mm -hmm. in two years. Yeah, just kind of overcast though, and rainy and like cold, but not yeah, so cold. I would say there's like there's probably like an hour of sun once a day, most days at least. Like there are sunny days, of course. Like, but um at least you you have the opportunity to go outside every day if you just go out when it when it is sunny yeah and just bundle up and then you can still do everything you would do yeah. if it was sunny out yeah and in, yeah. and for everybody listening the expat facebook group i know i talked about this really early on when this podcast released but it is a private facebook group for hockey wives and girlfriends and you cannot search this group i've gotten so many questions about it so you have to be added to the group and I am not the only person that can add you. So you actually have to be friends with the person on Facebook to get added. Um, so if you have a friend that's in it, just another hockey wife or girlfriend, ask them if they're in the group, ask them if they'll add you. And if not, shoot me a message. I'd be happy to do it. But just know that other members of that group can add other members in. It's not searchable because it's to help kind of filter out random people. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of the reasoning for that. Um, but it's a really great resource and it's just really throughout every step of your hockey journey as it kind of transforms and grows. So um, that's a really good tip to connect with people beforehand on that. That group is amazing. Like the amount of information that gets shared daily in that group is really awesome. I know. And even if it doesn't, um, you know, if you don't need that right now, like couple years ago, I didn't need to know anything about babies, but now yeah. I go search things in the search bar if I'm like stroller or whatever, and I see what other people use. So it's super helpful. You can look things up from the past. You can type in like old team names or a team that you're going to, um, and try to learn about the city that you're going to. But to wrap everything up, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram. My Instagram name is Mimi in the sea. So there's two eyes together, Mimi in the sea. And then, um, my virtual assistant page is MimiFranco.va. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has about starting their own business overseas or, um, any of that. Yeah. And I think you're, you're a good person to reach out to. Um, you know, even if like someone's struggling overseas and, you, it, you just always seem to have like a really, you know, good listening ear. So thank you so much for coming on today and just being so open and talking about your struggles and the ways that you overcame them. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. This was great. I'm glad we could chat about this. And um, yeah, I'm, I look forward to hearing um, all the other topics that are coming out in episodes. Yay, me too. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.